Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to everyone in the house, and happy Mother's Day to our online viewers. For a request, you can start typing it in in the comment section. So when we get to our time of prayer, we'll be able to uplift you in prayer. Hallelujah. Everybody stand with me this morning as we come to worship the one true and living God. Come on. I don't hear anything. The Bible said for us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And I don't. Come, that's better. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless the name of Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Praise your name. 
Come on, let's Psalm 47. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Come on, everyone, and shout unto God with a choice of triumph on this Mother's Day. For this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm excited, and I'm breathing, and I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. We're here to pray, of course, and with admonish unto those who are watching that we will trust that you'll put your prayer requests in our comment section of our social media platforms. And we're going to specifically pray for today for the sharp... Uh, Brother Kellerman and Sister Sharon Monroe, that God will continue to touch their lives. And with everyone who's here, it's a wonderful day. It's mothers to be honored and praised and worshiped and and acknowledged and and, and to be uh, lifted up in prayer and lifted up in thanksgiving. We pray for all the mothers across the world that you are important and Jesus has made you a purpose that you will continue to be what you are, the carriers of his presence. And we're going to pray in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank God for our mothers. We thank God that you have brought us here today. We thank God for celebrating life, celebrating life. And we thank you for life. We thank you for giving, oh God, mothers the ability to birth life. We thank you, God, for your presence that is here. We are praying, God, for those who are needing a touch from you, those who are not present, Brother Sharp. Oh, God, Brother Kellerman, Sister Sharon Monroe, that you would touch her, heal her, oh, God, from her recuperating from her procedure right now. And touch our dear Sister Jones, that she would minister unto the Lord. We thank you, God, for those who are present. I'm going to ask Sister Shauna right now. Lord God, she's at the point of, Lord God, giving birth to her first son. Brother Ethan, right now, we pray that you strengthen, hallelujah, you pray that you strengthen them. We pray that you touch them and that God will be praised. We pray for every single one who is here. And let us clap our hands unto the Lord 
let us honor the Lord in our shoot of our lips. With the fruit of our lips, let's lift up a voice. Even if you have a mask in your mouth, don't let it muzzle your mouth. Let me pray that God will be a blessing and you'll be blessed in Jesus' name. We thank you. We worship you. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Let's just continue to give worship to the Lord. Just let it flow out of your bowels today in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Flow to you. Flow to you. Let the river of my worship flow to you. Lord, I pray. I do let the river of my worship flow to you like streams in the valley they swell with the rain let the songs of my heart rise to bless your name and flow to you let my worship flow to you flow to you
but you know for her to you know sacrifice because she loved us you know she didn't want to leave us there she had the opportunity to be here in the state and i you know commend her even though she's not here to hear what's going on but i want to thank her for you know making that sacrifice for bringing all the kids and grandkids that were there to the state and for where we are today amen i'm sure if she was still around she would be proud of everyone and everything that's going on here praise god i remember before she passed away we know um, we were on our way uh to church actually we were going up to lambertville and we were taking turns going to pennsylvania we went to the hospital where she was and um while she was there she was there sitting on her bed and she was singing it is well with my soul and i know she was in a good place brother day you know there was no need you know in fact let me just hold on to that thought i remember my own church when i came from jamaica when i went to the pastor that was there, you know, she, 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 she was never baptized. And my pastor said, uh, he called me Trump. He said, Trumpy, this is going to be your chance, pastor, to, to baptize your mother. So he, he had me there, you know, he was there, you know, and, um, you know, without our church there, she had decided to get baptized in Jesus' name while she was there. And um, I remember taking her down in that water, man. Oh, my God. And that was an honorable feeling, just to baptize in Jesus' name. And while she was in her dead bed, she was singing, it is well with my soul. And there is no other comfort or peace that you can have someone that's on their deathbed saying that it is well with my soul. And I pray do all for all the mothers that are here this morning that it is well with your soul this morning. We love you all. We're so glad that you, um, you're here this morning and this day is your day. Amen. I also want to extend love to my wife. You know, she's the mother of our two boys. Amen. And uh, soon to be our grandson. So she's going to be the mother of three boys. Amen. So... You know, I thank God for my wife, and I thank God, you know, what the Lord has been doing in her life also. I mean, I'm, I'm here today not because I want to be here, but because of she standing the gap, make sure I'm where I need to be. And I'm so honored. Honey, I love you. And for all the ladies that are here, all the mothers, we love you. God bless you all. We appreciate you all. And just keep on serving the Lord. Amen. Amen. So this, uh, it's different time for um, I get to offer uh, don't forget this week, ladies, it's the latest conference. Amen. Don't forget, if you're not registered, it's going to be a great time. So make sure all the ladies that are here, um, it's going to be this uh, this Friday and Saturday. Um, please free to join us at the, the Marriott, I think the Collegeville Marriott in Princeton right here, a few minutes away from here. So invite everyone to be here. That way they can have a good time in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. He alone is worthy. Everybody say it's offering time. Amen. Don't forget we're in our REACH program. Amen. We're still trying to raise 1.7 to 2.5 million. We need currently at least $500,000 um, for, you know, to put down on the, the, the building. Once the, once we get the green light from the, uh, we're going to meet with the seller and we need 500000 So you're not yet a part of the miracle or part of what God is doing, you know, we're actually need to be a part of the miracle. Be a part of what God has in store for you. It's going to be for where all your family can come, sit comfortably.
will worship the Lord, run around, run the aisles, run from aisle A to aisle B, aisle C, aisle Z, whatever has. Amen. We're going to have plenty of running room. Amen. So we want you to, you know, be a part of the miracle. Amen. That God is uh, preparing for us. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand with us if you can at this time. Amen. If you're giving online, remember you can go to www.myccc.faith. If you give it to Cash App, it's the dollar sign CCC2711. And if you're going to uh, PayPal, it's the at sign Christ Center Church. Those are a way of giving unto the Lord electronically. If you're online, amen. And if you're in the house of God, you can see Sister Patrice. Amen. We have two ushers in the front. Feel free to bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Let's bow our heads if you can. We're going to invite you to stand with us if you're able to. Amen. As we pray, as we receive the offering this morning. Father God, we thank you for what we have already felt in this place, oh God. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your mercies and for your love, oh God. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing upon every givers. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, oh God, continue to bless us. Bless the remaining portion of this service as we give you all the glory and honor. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you for everything as name. And everybody amen. Everybody amen. Amen. Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord.
I'll be back. Hallelujah. <laughs> Online congregation, I greet you in Jesus' name. You, 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 you would love to be in the house of the Lord with us. We're having a good time. <laughs> we had a great service at the 9 a.m. service, and now here at 1030 service, we are here, and uh, we're just enjoying ourselves. Amen. The kids are out, and we love the children, don't we? Amen. Hallelujah. I.J., we good this morning? I.J., we good this morning? We good? All right. We're good. Thank you, baby. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. She's been all right this morning. She come right in, and she just acclimate herself. Poor mom, mom, you, whether you have a choice to come back or not, it's up to you if you want to do her wrong. Because at this point, it's about her. It's not even about any of us. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> I just want to hang out. Welcome to our Mother's Day service. We welcome all of you to Christ Center Church. We're so glad that you're here. Those of you who are here in person and those of you who have joined us online, Happy Mother's Day to you, and we're glad that you are a part of our service today. Amen. And so God has been good to us, and we thank him for it. And I pray that before we leave here today, God will do something special in each and every one. Amen. And um, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. You know, I'm always very sensitive to it because I live, I live in that kind of environment. But I know that at Mother's Day, um, it's bittersweet because some of you have lost your mother. And um, it's just, you know, it's, it's, you know, while everyone else is celebrating, you know, you have to think about not having your mother. And so I'm praying with you and for you because I know that those are some tough times. So while everyone that do have their mothers around, are able to celebrate and enjoy, uh, you have to think about the loss of your mother not being here. And so I am with you, and I uh, pray your, your strength and encouragement in the Lord. Amen. And so happy Mother's Day to all of you, and uh, be strong and encouraging the Lord. Brother Scarlett was encouraged, encouraging this morning as he talked about, you know, just thinking back about his mother, and so we're glad for that. But I want to... Um, present to our, um, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do that, <laughs> uh, Sister Wyatt, I want you to come, Nicola Wyatt, amen, come on baby, come on baby, hallelujah, my, my, my wife is one of those that is conflicted during Mother's Day, she celebrated, but also she lost her mother, so I'm very sensitive to it, um, and so I'm just glad when I when I did I tell you all the secret? I married my wife because of my mother-in-law. I looked at my mother-in-law, and my mother-in-law had looked real good in her age. You know, the age that she was, she looked so good. <laughs> I said, if that's how she's going to look when she get that age, I'm doing all right. Let me marry her. 
So I love my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. You all have no clue me and that woman was special. And so this is for you for Mother's Day. Amen. I love you. Amen. She, she can't help herself like so, like, like so many of you. Do it. Are you ready? Like, like so many of you, like so many of you, um, you know, wives and mothers, they mother everybody. They tell everybody what to do. God put that gene in y'all. Y'all just show up and start bossing people around. Like, are you okay? Like, you know, I'm not your child. You know, so she mothered me. She mothered her children. And I'm sure she mothered some of y'all in this church. And so I thank God for my wife because she has just been a great mother and has done really well. And we have a card here for you, honey bunny. That's, that's, my, that's my daughter. That's my daughter. That's my daughter. <laughs> my daughter is my honey bunny. <laughs> so this is for you. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We have a guest with us this morning. I'm not sure she's a guest anymore because at this point, her daughter has made her part of the church family. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Navita? Where is she? Where did she go? She had to step out? Amen. We got, well, bring the daughter back at least. (laughs) Hallelujah. Bring the daughter back at least. We love the daughter. Amen. Well, we welcome her to Christ Center Church, and we thank God for sending her here, and we pray God will bless and keep her. She's a guest of Sister Abigail. Huh, that's interesting. Navita lives in um, Willenboro, and Abigail invited her. All right, well, amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to see all of you, and those of you that are online, I greet you in Jesus' name. Who do we have online with us today, Sister Patrice? Give me some names. Brantley's Happy Mother's Day, Sister Deborah. Love you. Okay. He, he, he got a fake name there. Amen. Sister Kendra, you need to be here and not online. Oh, she's in Jamaica, so she's being real faithful, huh? Uh, she's being real faithful, huh? <laughs> she's she in Jamaica. She's still, um, still online. Well, we welcome all of you to our... Uh, Mother's Day church service and we're going to get right into the word of the Lord. I don't want to keep you And so if you will stand with me, we're going to go to first Samuel chapter 1 first Samuel chapter 1 Amen Since i'm just kind of just who I am Um, and you didn't get to fill out your card What's your name? Maria. I'm Wayne. Nice to meet you, Maria You make sure Maria keeps coming to church. If you want to stop, that's your business. Now, I love this guy. He, I adopted him as my son. And so whenever I don't hear from him, in the loop, I'm always on him. He stay in touch with me. He told me about you, too. So I was expecting to see you. Amen. Welcome to Christ in the church. Amen. Y'all make sure you love Maria. Amen. First Samuel. Amen. Chapter 1. We're going to start in verse number 9, and we're going to read verses 9 through 11. 
So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli preached upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness or discontentment or anguish of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Verse 11. And she vowed a vow and said, this is her prayer unto the Lord. Listen up. O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And so I want to talk to you this morning on this topic when the Lord grants your request when the Lord grants your request father we thank you for your word this morning we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house and to praise your name we pray oh God that your spirit will move in the midst of us in a special and powerful way Anoint me and use me as an oracle that the spirit and the power need each and every need that we have in this house today. That when we leave, we will be encouraged, we will be empowered, we will be full of faith, Lord God, and have great expectation of the things that are to come. Bless our time of being together. Bless this church service and all the people of God. Let us say amen in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Amen, amen, amen. We've all had some requests from God. Amen. The other, what we call our breakfast in the morning, and after done, I talked a little bit about um, how to grow. And everything that we aspire to do and we need to do, in order to be good at it, we're going to need the help of the Lord. You can't be great without the help of the Lord. Even if you want to go secular or you just want to go uh, uh, just natural, it is God that gives ability. And so even our professional athletes that might be great at what they do, in order for them to reach that point, they had to be blessed with the ability that God gave them. And so we cannot be great without the great God that created us. And if we're going to grow in Christ, we need him to help us grow. Hannah, the name Hannah means woman of grace. Mm-hmm. Woman of grace. Grace in the way she dealt with her barrenness. She, she wasn't able to have children and and, and, and she dealt with that in a gracious way. Her barrenness and Penina's attitude and cruelty, Hannah dealt with those things in a graceful way. Elkanah, who was husband to both Hannah 
and Penina was able to have children by Penina. So not being able to have children, that was a her problem and not a husband problem. Mm -hmm. It seemed unfair that a woman with Penina's ugly disposition should have children while gracious Hannah was childless. I want to stop there, church, and pause for a minute to say, if you are a child of God or you're aspiring to live for God, there are going to be times where you're going to look out and you're going to see others seems to be prospering. Others seems to be more favorable, receiving more favor. You would think that what you see that's going on in their life, you would feel like, man, they're, they're receiving favor and I'm not receiving the same kind of favor. I'm faithful to the house of God. I, I pray. I feel like I have a relationship with God. But somehow those other people that are not as faithful as me seem to have more favor because of what they have. I believe that most or many Christians have been in that place where they're looking and say, I should be further along than this when I compare and look at what everyone else is achieving and doing. Why am I not further than where they are? Because I'm faithful to God, and from what I see, they're not. And it might very well be true. But don't let that discourage you from who you are as a child of God. Where you are right now is not the final position you will have in God. What's going on right now in your life is not going to go on forever. <laughs> Somebody help me this morning. Because God is working it out. And every one of us that will surrender to God and trust God, God will work in our situation to bring his favor to pass in our life like we've never seen We've got to hold on. We can't compare ourselves with others because we don't know what's going on over there. We can only testify to what's going on in our life. Hear me somebody this morning. Hold on and don't despise. Don't be bitter. Have a personality. No matter what. You think experiences, don't you let that situation get you bitter. Because it can. It can. I've seen where people have stopped coming to church and I've seen where people have walked away from God because it's things of God will not to you. Use that to walk away from God because you get you you you, you frustrated. Getting to work. Or maybe I need to reevaluate how I'm living for God. Am I understanding God's purpose? Am I understanding that God is working but in his own time and in his own way? Do I understand that? Or am I just going to look and get frustrated because I'm not seeing what I think should happen in my life? But look over there. It's happening in their life and they're not even faithful to God. In the church.
yesterday, I might go back and forth on this. Help me, Jesus. Yesterday, I talked about, here's where we went wrong in life, church. Have you ever asked, how was life originally designed to be lived? Did anybody ever ask themselves that? Because we're trying to live life, what we've seen, how we feel, what we think, how we interpret the word of God. But have we ever gone back to say, how was life designed to be lived from the very beginning? And once you go back to that place, you will now ask yourself, well, are we living that way? design life to be understanding the word of God according to our own interpretation and not according to what God designed life We will start to change things that we do and how we see things and how we live because we will realize I'm not even living life according to what it was designed to be like. God does not change. And God knew we would evolve. And God knew how the world would become. And he says, I'm not changing anything what i've established that's what that's all you go back to the word of god says before you That she looked like she was having all she mad Hannah knew the only way she would be able to have children, it had to be by the blessings of God, just like Sarah and just like Rachel. you your tough times are here to make you church will come from this uh, but you got to keep me through these tough times uh, and while you're going through tough times uh, you need to remain in Christ uh, and have a great attitude uh, like Hannah had she never allowed her tough
Hannah to get her bitter and to get her down, but she allowed her situation to make her better. We're going to all have tough times. You know, I used the example this morning of Corona. God is all-powerful. When I say all-powerful, I mean all-powerful. He is the one that is life. So life came from him. There were dry bones one time that was in a valley. Dry bones. The Bible, the Bible is something. It didn't just say bones. It said dry bones. And, and the Lord raised up those dry bones to become an army of men. I'm telling you about the power of God, that he can raise up an army of men from dry bones. I'm telling you about the power of God, that he breathed into man, and man became a living soul. I'm talking about the power of God, and God can do exceeding and abundant. And I remember when the children of Israel was being led out of Egypt, and God parted that Red Sea and led them through. I'm here to tell you, God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He can do anything that he wants to do. But I'm here to tell you, he never stopped Corona. That need to be such a lesson. That need to be such a lesson from God to us. I mean, sometimes God is communicating to us, but we don't want to respond to some of God's communication. But God is communicating to us in so many different ways, and he wants us to open our eyes to say, okay, if I allow coronavirus to come, and it caused all of this stuff that happened, it caused all the and all of the pain and all of what went on, why do you think I allowed that? And I'm God, and I love you. Remember, God loves you. Remember, nobody loves you like him. What he went through so you can have an opportunity to be saved, that should be enough for us to know he loves us. But why? How can he say he loves us and he allowed this, this virus, this pandemic to hit our world? God, I thought you love us. Well, I'm here to tell you. We be learning from this. It was once said, or it's been said many times, that it's not the good times that builds you up. It's the hard times. It's not the good times that you remember so much. It's the bad times. Because there's some trials not
to a remarkable son. I pray and help to shape. We should be praying because we think, oh, if I don't pray, I'm going to hell. If I don't pray, I'm in trouble. I don't have God's protection if I don't pray. We're supposed to be praying because we want to be in communion. In his presence. That's that's why we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to enjoy his presence and communication with him. That's why we should pray because we want to know him. We want to hear from him and we want to communicate to him. That's why we should pray. We should pray because when we pray, our prayers, if they are according to God's will, will shape our destiny and will fulfill our purpose if we will pray. It is an awesome fact that, humanly speaking, the future of the nation rested with this godly woman's prayer. And yet, how much in history has depended on the prayers of suffering and sacrifice in people, especially mothers? I don't think anybody sacrificed on this earth more than mothers. Mm -hmm. Mothers are sacrificial beings. They sacrifice so much, and they do it effortlessly. It's just natural. They just do it. They just do it. Again, I say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers because it means beyond our understanding what mothers are. We say it, and we have mothers, and we understand that mothers do. They're just great, but it's probably so much more that we don't even know. It's something special. It's something above our understanding when God works in a woman's life and make her a mother. What an example Hannah is in her prayer. It was a prayer born out of sorrow and suffering. But in spite of her feelings, she laid bare her soul before the Lord. It was a prayer that involves mission to, to, for her to present her, herself before God. As a sacrifice, as totally submitted to him and want to see his will. So let me pause by saying this, church. We experience, again, I know how we're built. And more than ever before, we find it very difficult not to get what we want. This day and age, it is so much more. Much in this day and age. We just, we just don't. But when that spill over into your Christian life, that spells trouble. Hannah didn't get what she wanted. And she could have prayed a selfish prayer. She could have said, God, give me. A baby boy to myself. So I can have my son that people will know that I'm not barren. 
that I can have a son, too, that I can take care of and that people can see and he can carry on. That's not what she prayed. Hannah prayed, Lord, give me a man child. And if you give me a man child, I will dedicate him to you. She prayed the will of God. She prayed not just for her own sake and for herself. She was praying prayer of destiny. She was praying prayer that is eternal. She was praying prayer that will change the course of a nation. She wasn't just praying just so she could have her baby. Look at me, I got my baby. Now, what you gonna say now, Penina? That's kind of, you know, natural. What you gonna say now, Penina? Because you were showing off thinking I couldn't have no kids, but God blessed me. Look at me. That's not what she did. She prayed to God. Her prayer was, was, was motivated from wanting to do God's will. So let's take a look and pause today and say, when we pray, what are we praying about? Because that's another area of our life where we're getting frustrated because we're praying prayers that are not getting answered. And we're wondering, maybe it's the church that I'm in. Something wrong with that church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that church, ain't nothing happening in that church. Because, I, I, you know, I'm praying. And, and it's like nothing happens. You're not going to and ask yourself, maybe you, you may, may, not, may not be praying the right prayer. Maybe you're praying something selfish and God is trying to save you. That's why he's not answering your selfish prayer. Because if you answer that prayer, it's going to take you so far astray that you will not remember him. And so maybe he's not answering your prayer because it's a selfish prayer. How many of us pray the will of God when we pray prayers that are the will of God and he doesn't answer? I don't think that happens much. And sometimes when you're not, he doesn't answer the will of God right away, it's coming. Because his will needs to be done. And when we pray the will of God prayers, his will got to be done. God bless me with children that will serve you. I'm sure that he looked into that prayer. God, touch my body and give me the strength that I need in my body because I want to serve. God, I'm equipped intellectually to teach your word. But if you will give me insight and knowledge and wisdom of your word, I will teach the word of God. Are we praying those prayers like, God, I feel intimidated to be a witness for you. I want to open my mouth and tell somebody, but I'm a, I'm just, I just I feel intimidated. But, God, if you will give me the boldness and the courage, I will be a witness for you. These are the things I'm talking about that when we, God answers these prayers. But there are some other prayers we pray that we feel like, oh, this should be the will of God, and it's not getting answered, and we're frustrated. Why are we frustrated? Mm -hmm. If we're ever going to do anything, anything great for the Lord, listen to me carefully, the Lord will cause the spiritual authority in our life to criticize us and treat us harshly at times. I know people don't respond to that a whole lot. But I'm going to say it slowly this time. Stacy, I'm talking to you, but I hope everybody else is listening. 
if we're ever going to do anything great for the Lord, he is going to allow the spiritual authority in our life to say things that feels like we're being judged, giving us a hard time, and even come across as harsh. God will allow that to happen in your life. I'm telling you ahead of time. So when that do happen, you're not caught by surprise and start saying, see, see, how can this be? And you start going back and forth. I am telling you, because guess what? It has nothing to even do with the spiritual authority. God allowed these things to happen. Because in order for you to be great, you've got to get to certain place in your life and certain characteristics have to be in you. We want to be effective in leading people and teaching people and being a blessing to people. But you have to have certain characteristics in your life to be effective in doing that. You can't get your feelings hurt real quick. You can't become critical all the time. Because in order to help people, you've got to be positive. You've got to be encouraging. And you can't allow yourself to be down and be negative. And so God will allow these things to happen. As nice as Hannah was, as gracious as Hannah was, why did God allow the high priest Eli to make her seem like she was crazy. He talked bad about her. What's wrong with her? What's wrong? That's the pastor her in time. What's wrong with her? What did she do though? Did she, did she start whispering and tell her friends? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know how much longer I can deal with this. Did she tell her friends that, or did she just kept praying? The way you handle how you're treated sometimes by the spiritual authority in your life, the way you handle that will determine how far you go in Christ. You know what I've seen? I've seen people who said they're called by God. And I've, and I've addressed this at church services I've been able to preach at. People said they're called by God. But when times got rough at church, they stopped speaking to the pastor. Stop coming to church and they got mad. And I said it over the pulpit many times. If you can't survive that, God will never call you to do anything great. I'm giving you experience and I'm giving you the knowledge of God. You cannot be called and used mightily because when you are in a capacity of leading people, people will take shots at you. They will talk bad about you. You will be criticized all the time. You will be lied on. People will say things about you. They will bring your past back up and you got to stand there in the fire and keep preaching God's word and keep loving people. And that's what you got to do to be great in God. So how will you be able to do that if you can't handle the pastor giving you a little hard time every once in a while? deeper mothers there. Hannah's faith and devotion were so strong that she rose above the misunderstanding and criticism of the nation's spiritual leader, Eli. Watch it. When you give your best to the Lord, it is not unusual to be criticized by people who ought to encourage you. Uh Uh-huh. Watch this. Moses was criticized by his brother and sister. 
I just got to back up what I said, because sometimes I say some outlandish things, and you're like, what is that? That don't sound right. Well, Moses was criticized by his brother and his sister. You ready for this one? David was criticized by his wife. Mary of Beth, that, that, that broke. Somebody, hopefully, you, you would fall off, but the people closest to you that is supposed to be spiritual will criticize you, and you will wonder, why are they doing that? I'm giving my best. I'm trying to do it. Well, God is trying to establish something in you. God is trying to just just mold you and make you and equip you so he can do great things in your life. It is not personal. God is trying to fix you and do what he needs to do in you so you can thrive in him and go on to greatness in him. It's not personal. He's not trying to destroy you. He's not trying to destroy you. He's trying to build you. He's trying to equip you. Eli, the high priest, or the pastor, if you will. In the first four chapters of 1 Samuel, Eli came across as a poor example of a believer, of a high priest, let alone just, you know, supposed to be an outstanding man of God. He was probably self-indulgent and definitely tolerant of the sins of his two sons, and yet he was quick to judge and condemn the devotions of the godly woman, Hannah. <laughs> Listen to this. In prayer, it is better to have a heart without words than to have words without a heart. I'll say that again. In prayer, it is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Uh-huh. You know what that means? You can be saying a whole lot in prayer, but your heart ain't right. You can know all the right words to pray, but your heart is not right. And sometimes you're going to come before the Lord like the sinner, the publican, and just put your hand against it. Lord, I am a sinner. I am a wretch undone. I'm a mess. I need your help. I don't know what to do. Will you give me guidance and direction? You know what? That sinner, that publican's heart is right. He may not or she may not know what to pray, but when they go before the Lord and humble themselves and say, God, help me, because if you don't help me, I cannot do it. When that happens, your heart is right. You might not have the elegant prayer to pray. You, you, you might not be eloquent in how you pray your prayers, but if your heart is right, that's all it needs. That's all it needs. Uh-huh. Hannah's request was granted when she prayed unto the Lord. The Lord finally touched her and says, prayers granted. Uh-huh. God granted Hannah's prayer request and gave her conception. And when her child was born, it was a son whom she named Samuel. The Hebrew word Samuel, as we know, it's pronounced, it's a Ael, Sa'al, it means ask, and Sama means heard, and El is one of the names of God. So Samuel means heard of God or asked of God. Uh huh. All his life, Samuel was both an answer to prayer and a great man of prayer. He was birthed out of prayer. 
and he became a man of prayer. Mm, help us, Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. Motherhood is granted by God. And so I'm here to tell you today, mothers, you became a mother because of the grace and the goodness of the Lord. You didn't become a mother because you can qualify yourself to be a mother or you had the right to be a mother. You became a mother because God says, I'm going to make you a mother. Maybe you didn't pray like Hannah. Maybe you didn't sacrifice like Hannah. But God decided that I'm going to make you a mother and he made you a mother. We ought to give God thanks for all that he's doing. Let me tell you, we're celebrating Mother's Day, but we could not celebrate Mother's Day if it wasn't for the Lord because the Lord was the one that decided that he will make you a mother and so we can't celebrate anything without celebrating Jesus uh huh uh huh we can't celebrate Mother's Day without praising the Lord and giving him thanks because he was the one that decided he was going to make you a mother somebody need to say thank you Jesus he is the reason why you're able to conceive and if you can't conceive, he can help you to conceive. Hannah was not able to conceive, but she prayed. She called on the name of the Lord. And God allowed her to conceive and have a child. Listen, whatever God does, it's good. Don't you mistake anything God does for bad. Gotta stop there. God can't do bad. Whatever he does is good. It might look bad to you sometimes, but it's good. You know what's interesting? You know what I hear a lot? Some of you mothers can testify this. My life changed when I had my first child. You think it's by accident that God allowed you to conceive? It's so much more behind you becoming a mother. You became a mother. But God loves you so much that he's always doing things in your life to make your life better. To help you to become more like him. To help you that he brought you into this world to fulfill. God is always working and doing things that we don't even understand. Everything God does, even when you take a look and you're saying, well, why, God, and how, God, everything God does is good. Everything God allows in your life as a Christian is for your good. I know it doesn't always seem that way. But take the lesson from Hannah. Hannah was married to a man that had two wives, her and another woman. The other woman had a lot of children, which back in the day and still today, that means great. And now you walking around supposed to be a, a mother, too, and you got to look all the time. See her children running around. The husband always probably running down to that house because that's where the children are. And you just feel like a second, second class citizen. Why would God allow that? Why would God allow something like that? I believe God allowed something like that because he knew what kind of character Hannah had. 
I believe God allowed something like that because he knew Anna was going to do this great thing. He, 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 he knew what Anna was, uh, Hannah was capable of, and so he allowed that to happen to her, just like he allowed the Virgin Mary to, be, to have the, the baby boy Jesus. He knows who we are and what we can handle. He knows who we are and what we can handle. And he knew Hannah would be able to do something great in that situation. Instead of being bitter, she was going to pray. She was going to be gracious because her name already came about saying that's who she was. And so he knew she would go and come to him in prayer and pray according to his will. And he gave her a son. That changed the direction of that entire nation. Not just their house, not just their community, an entire nation was changed because when Hannah prayed, God gave her a son that changed nations. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, jump down to verse 20, it says, Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah and had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And when he had, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with the bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And when she slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli, and she had said, uh, Oh, my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord had given me my petition, which I asked of him. Can I say this to you, church? And I'm going to be closing pretty soon because y'all fall asleep on me. When you make a vow unto the Lord, you make a promise unto the Lord, you need to keep that promise. When you make a promise unto the Lord, you need to keep that promise. Mm. 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 There's somebody in here that have made a promise to the Lord and have not been keeping that promise. And you're going through extra headache because you haven't kept your promise to the Lord. You're going through extra struggles and challenges in your life because you haven't kept your vow that you made to the Lord. You made a promise to him. You told him what you would do if he did, if he did whatever he, you asked him to do. And right now, you still have not yet fulfilled your vow of your promise that you said you would do. And God wanted me to bring that to your attention this morning. Hannah kept her vow. Hannah did not forget the vow. The promise she made to the Lord, if he had granted her request, guess what we read? And she vowed a vow and said, oh, Lord of hosts. You might not have said it that eloquent, but I'm just telling you, you made a vow that you didn't keep. If thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. She remembered the vow she made unto the Lord, and she kept it by doing what she had promised that she would do. When you make a vow, when you make a promise unto the Lord, keep it. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, 
Verse 4 in the NIV version. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. That's the word of the Lord. If you made a promise to God for something that you asked him for and he granted it to you, you need to do it now. Stop delaying. Stop making excuses. Start fulfilling your vow, your promise that you had made the Lord. Let me show you something, how heavy that vow thing is. You ready for it? When Elkanah and Hannah presented their son to the Lord, Hannah reminded the high priest, he up in age right now. She reminded the high priest that she was the woman who had prayed for a son three years before. Did the old man remember the occasion? Did he recall how unfairly he had dealt with this sorry woman? If he did, there's no record of it. But he, can, but, but he received the boy to become a servant of the Lord at the tabernacle and to be trained in the law of God. So let me help you all because, again, our culture is killing us. Check this out, Rosalie. Eli, the pastor, for the sake, we're going to just call him the pastor. Back then he was the high priest in the temple. But let's just say the pastor. Eli, the pastor, was getting old, sharp as he used to, and he started allowing some things that he ordinarily wouldn't allow, and he just got sideways. And so his sons were in the church, went wrong, and he wouldn't correct them. And so in our mind, how we do today, pastor ain't right. He let his kids do whatever, but he want to check everybody else's kids. Pastor ain't right. And so in our mind, that's how we're seeing the pastor. When you start thinking like that, if pastor's not right, why would you take your kids to pastor to get pastor to be the one to take him in and mentor him? Because pastor ain't right. Pastor ain't doing right. So guess what? I'm not raising my child up in that church because pastor ain't right. But watch this. Watch this. See? The woman made a vow to God. She made a vow that if you, Lord, if you give me a son, when you give him to me, I will take him to the house of the Lord and give him so he can become a servant in the house of God. So that church that they were in, as long as Eli was the pastor, when she had the son, she had to keep her vow. So when she brought the child, she could have been thinking in her mind, he ain't right, he old, he ain't doing right, he can't preach like he used to, and he ain't checking his kids. Who going to bring their child to that man, for that man to lead their child? Nah, I'm changing church now. I'm changing church now because... I can't let my son be trained under him. No, sir, he ain't right. Let me tell y'all something, church. I've learned about the Lord. When your motives are right and all you're trying to do is obey God, forget the man. Y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy if you think your your trust in God is depending on the man. Are you kidding me? When you sincere and have a right relationship with God and what you're doing and what you're praying is about 
they were so messed up that they died in their sin. Stuff was wrong. But how did Samuel come out? How did Samuel come out? According to our standard, church was corrupt. According to our standard, the pastor wasn't right. How did you get a good man like Samuel out of that church? How did you get a seer, a prophet, that was probably one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, one of the greatest judges that ever lived in the whole history of the Bible in this world, Samuel. He was the man that got David in the right way. This man was powerful. And how could he come out of a corrupt church? How could he come out of a place where everybody else seems to be doing wrong? It has to do with your heart. That's all I'm saying, church. It has to do with your heart. You can be in an environment where stuff is wrong, but if your heart is right, you don't have to worry about what will go wrong because your heart is right. God will see to it that you come out of it unscathed. God will see to it that you come out of it in the way that he will have you. And God's purpose in your life will never be ceased if you will keep a right heart and a right spirit. We got to stop putting all this stuff on people. When all it really comes down to is where we are with God. We can't be putting all of this stuff on people, man. We got to be, we got to take responsibility and say, God, if it will be, it's up to me. If it has to be, it's up to me, Lord. If pastor ain't doing right, I leave it to you, Lord, and I keep loving him and praying for him. If it ought to be, it's up to me. Come on, Holy Ghost. And so that's how you got to look at this. I'm finishing up here. I'm finishing up here. I'm, I'm in awe of Hannah because you ready for this? Her husband didn't seem that spiritual. First of all, he had, you know, a couple wives. So, you know, he didn't seem that spiritual. But he seemed like he did his best to please her. So the spiritual things looked like it was all about what she wanted to get done. And so he came alongside her as she tried to do what she needed to do. And I got to give Hannah credit, man. She trusted God and she had such a relationship with God that she wasn't letting anything stop what the vow that she had made to God. God protected Samuel in all of what was going on all around in the temple. But God, that wasn't the first time God did something like that. God protected Joseph in Egypt the whole time things is going on. God protected Moses while he was in Pharaoh's house. So I'm just here to tell you, you can be in a bad situation and God will protect you in that bad situation. Because the situation that you're in is bad, it doesn't mean you're going to be bad. You can keep a right heart and a right spirit and a right attitude in the bad situation. Hannah kept her vow by taking her child to the church before the Lord and dedicated him unto the Lord as she had promised, as she had vowed. When you make a vow to the Lord, keep that vow. And so here I am closing. When the Lord grants your requests, your best response to that is to use what the Lord gave you 
to glorify God. Whatever it is that God has granted you, that you had asked God for, your best response to that is to say, Lord, you have granted my request, and now I will use what you have given me to glorify you. I believe, I believe that God is struggling with blessing some of us. He wants to bless us so much, but he knows what he will give to us we will not use to glorify him. He knows what he will provide for us. It will take us sideways and take us astray. And so as much as God want to bless some of us, the challenge really is if he does, will you use what he has blessed you with to glorify him? Therefore, verse 28, therefore also I have lent him to the house of God. What that word lent mean, it means that as long as he lives, he will be a servant in the house of the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord and he, and, and, and he worship the Lord there. The success or failure of our communities and nation depends on our homes. I, I, I was able to see something really wonderful um, Thursday. I went to St. Louis part of um, the board of Urshan Graduate College and Urshan College. And so I had a board meeting Thursday. And um, we had meetings all day. And then in the nighttime, um, we had what we call a hooding service. And um, our hooding ceremony, um, you know, all the people that graduate and with high degree, they, you know, put on their special hood on them. And, um, you know, the, the professor would, you know, say some special words and some kind words and give them. And I just, I just enjoyed it. It was wonderful. But here is what I, I, I um, experienced. I was so blessed. So I saw um, Brother and Sister Powell walked in um, while we were sitting at our table. And Brother and Sister Powell walked in. And, of course, yeah, we're friends. And, you know, hello, hello. And his youngest daughter just graduated Urshan Friday with high honors. Her youngest daughter just graduated with high honors and I was just so proud for the Powells. I'm just like, man, they had raised their children up in the Lord. They had went to school because his daughter, Tina, is a pastor's wife in Connecticut. They were, they were there and just had a good time with them. And I was just proud because they're, they're training. They're leading their homes in a way that it will make a great impact on society. That's where we are. And mothers, you all have such influence in that role because your influence on your children your impact you're so close with your children that if you will be a woman of god a woman of faith a woman of grace and be have some of those characteristics as that anna that hannah as you will see great things come out from out of your home god has granted you special influence in the life of your children and he has given you favor with him. The life and future of our nation depend on the character and the home. And the character of the home depends on the spiritual life of the parents. Listen to this. An African proverb says, the ruling of a nation begins in the homes of its people. I'll say that again. African proverb. The ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people. And guess what? Confucius said, 
The strength of a nation is derived from the integrity of its home. Eli and his sons didn't do right. And their ministry was cut short. Samuel, with a parent like Hannah, stood the test of times, did what the Lord wanted him to do. And guess what? He thrived in God until he died. When the Lord grants you requests or grants your requests, your best response to that is to use what the Lord gave you to glorify him. When God grants you your requests. And so I got one final scripture to share with you in case you missed everything that I said today. Ephesians chapter 4. 11. When the Lord grants your requests, here is the Lord showing us how this is supposed to work, church. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. These are gifts. Apostle is a gift. Uh-huh. The evangelist is a gift. The prophet is a gift. The teacher is a gift. The pastor is a gift. We're all gifts from God. But here's the thing. Just like you can pray and God answers your prayer, answer your request. He gives you a gift. And my question today is, when God grants your requests, the follow-up question to that is, what do you do now? What do you do now when God grants you the request? You have asked him for it. You've prayed about it. You've talked about it. You've shared about it. And now God grants you what you had asked. What are you doing now? He gives us gifts for this reason, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith. This is still all about us and the Lord having right relationship. Make no mistake about what this. This is why we might be frustrating ourselves because we're trying to live life separately from that. Sister Arlene, if if we keep trying to live life to the best of our understanding and the best of our knowledge and our feelings and what we think it should be and trying to accomplish what we want, we're going to always be frustrated to the point where we could walk away from God because we are going to be frustrated. We're going to feel like we're hitting our head up against the wall because what we want to work is not working. But the issue is not that it's not working, is that we're not doing the right thing. Because everything about our life as people, everything about who we are as people is all about, Rowan, our relationship with God and how we begin to grow in God and how we become a blessing to one another and how we thrive in life as a people. That's all this is about. And when we make it about anything else, we're going to hit that, that, that brick wall or hit that ceiling and get frustrated because what we are trying to achieve may not be working. And even some sincere Christians that pray that go to church, 
that 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 serves in the church, you feel like, why am I not experiencing movement in my life? And I'm here to tell you, will you go back and ask the gifts, the requests that God has granted me? Am I looking at it that it may be used to be for the perfecting of the saints? For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, for somebody else to benefit. Think about this. When you bring forth fruit. Does the fruit tree eat the fruit? Just saying, because sometimes we, 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 we're not thinking, you know, practically. The fruit tree don't eat the fruit. So it really means when you bring forth fruit, it's not for you. So remember, we're trying to live life for us. And we keep on getting frustrated because what we're expecting to see and experience and produce is trying to live life for us. God will give the fruit tree what it needs. So what you get is going to come from God. But what you have is for other people. That's the design of this life. And as much as we don't like it that way because we've become spoiled and broken in a way where we're always expecting for things to be done for us, we have to rethink and reorganize how we are going to move forward in Christ because we can't keep doing it the old way. It won't work. What will you do when the Lord grants you your request? Some of us, he has granted us some things we've asked him. You got to ask yourself, what are you doing with it? Even from a personal standpoint, whether it's health, whether it's finances, whether it's talents and gifts and ability, whatever it is, whatever God has granted you, has given to you, the question is, what are you doing with it? Kids talking. Let's stand. I know baby talk. Y'all don't think I know baby talk? I know baby talk. I, I listen to baby talk from mines, and I'm listening to baby talk from my grandkids now. <laughs> I know baby talk. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, mothers. Listen, if you will study some more and go back and look at this woman, Hannah, mothers, you can become a better mother. By adapting, taking some of these characteristics of this woman, Hannah. She was tremendous. She was tremendous. She didn't allow bitterness or any, any situation to put her down and make her crit, uh, critical of anyone else. When the Lord grants you your request, what Hannah did was she gave back to the Lord what the Lord had given to her. You remember for a long time I've been talking about 
Brother D, you, you always around, so you, you've heard me talk about this. We have to get to the place where we have an attitude of gratitude. And it starts with the Lord. It starts with the Lord. He gave us life. Where's our gratitude toward the Lord to say, man, God, I really appreciate this. If we will ever develop an attitude of gratitude, then we will experience the great power of God in our life. It doesn't take great intelligence, great education. It just takes an attitude of gratitude to the Lord and to those around you. And you will get to see that it takes you a long way of having an attitude of gratitude. I thank God today for just his goodness and for allowing us to understand that when he grants us our requests, we ought to use it for his glory. When God grants us his requests, we ought to use it for his glory. It's not for us to take it and run with it and say how much God has blessed me because we're good for that. I made the, 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 the example this morning. I'm closing with this. I made the example this morning. I said, if God bless you with a nice car and he gives you a nice car, you know, since we're talking about mothers today, let me just use a mother, for example. So you got a nice car, mother, and you just feel good. You know, one of your instincts is to drive over your girlfriend's house and say, girl, come outside. You ain't telling her nothing. Girl, come outside. And she come outside. Ooh, is this yours? Girl, get in. You know how y'all do, because y'all are different from us. Girl, get in. She get in, and y'all go down the road, and she touching stuff, and you telling her stuff. You might have almost gotten an accident, but y'all still going. Girl, and it got this, and it got this, and you're going on and on and on. I'm not telling you not to do that. But what I'm telling you is, now you need to say, girl, you need to come to church, and I'm going to come pick you up in this. Because whatever God gives to us, we need to use it to bring glory to him and not just for us to just, oh, bask in it. Look at me and what I've got. It's not just for that. It's for us to give glory to God. When we give glory to God, here is what's happening. Other people who are not saved will come to know about and eventually know our God so they can be saved. If you care about people being For there is none like you. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for bringing us together today and for allowing us to experience your goodness, your kindness, your grace. And, oh, God, as we go from this place today, we want your presence to be in the midst of us. We need your guidance and direction, Lord. We want your spirit, Lord God, to continue to lead us and to guide us and to give direction to us. Lord, I pray for each and every mother here today, Lord God, that you will empower them and strengthen them and that you will bless them with favor, Lord God. Help them to understand that they have influence with you. Help them to understand, Lord God, that you're waiting to, oh God, for their requests that they will make known unto you. And Lord, you will grant them 
if they will just let it be used for the glory of God. I pray today, Father, that your hand will continue to be upon us and that you will pour out of your spirit, your blessing upon this church, upon each and every person in this church, Lord God. Father, let every word that has been spoken, Lord God, today go into our heart. Take root, Lord God, and grow and produce good fruit. For, Lord Jesus, it is you that made us and not we ourselves. We praise you and honor you. We worship you and bless your name, Lord God. As we go from this place today, I pray your will to be done, your kingdom come. Bless our time of fellowship and being together, oh God, with family and friends. Have your way today, Lord, as we look to you, giving you all the praise and all the honor. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Happy Mother's Day. Mothers, we have some, some treats for you as you're leaving today. Amen. We have flowers for you, so don't leave without it. We have some cupcakes for you. Don't leave without it. We want you to be blessed today in Jesus' name. Also, for we have um, cups for Sister Maddie, Sister Arlene. Where's Sister Arlene? So, um, Sister um, Brother Joe, make sure Sister Arlene, Sister Hadia, um, Sister Maddie, make sure they get their things for helping out with the nurses. Make sure Sister Wyatt get one. Amen. Catherine is not here. Keep the one. Keep Catherine's.